Hello friends, Mike Bradley here from the North Riverside Library. On this week's episode of the Tech Team Podcast, join Marla, Sarah, and I as we try to shake off the last of our winter blues by talking about some of our favorite, lesser-known books and movies that are available for free from the library through the Hoopla app. Plus, we've got Marla's Makerspace Minute, Retro Tech Memories, and more. Let's go! to fight my toddler and his blues clues for the good internet now. <laughs> Say that again now. I have, to, I have to fight blues clues for the good internet, you know. Oh my goodness. Well, you, you tell those kids that, you know, e-learning always comes in second. That's right. <laughs> it's not real education. It doesn't matter. Wait, wait, save that. I'm going to ask you about that later. (laughs) Are you guys uh, ready to talk about some cult classics? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Off the top here, I want to uh, thank the audience for continuing to support our show, even though I know our release schedule has been a little wonky lately, uh, you know, just due to the whole pandemic and the restrictions and hours changing and trying to keep all of the library departments covered. Sometimes it's tough to get all of us together at a uh, specific time. So uh, thanks everybody for hanging in there on that. Maybe one of these days we'll get this uh, schedule ironed out. I thought that this time, I know we usually do uh, recommendations at the end of the show. Why not flip the script and start off with some recommendations? And we'll talk about some of our lesser-known favorites that you can get on library apps and elsewhere. Why don't you go first, Sarah? So I have two picks here from Hoopla, uh, which let me just shout out Hoopla for their fantastic graphic novel selection. Um, I've got two graphic novels. One is Love and Rockets, Volume 1, Maggie the Mechanic. And the other is In Christ There Is No East or West. And both there are on Hoopla. They're great. Um, Love and Rockets is by the Hernandez brothers, and they're some of my favorite graphic novel artists. Um, the, the Hoopla is really great, and reading graphic novels on uh, digitally is really great because you can isolate each cell and read it like a part at a time, which is, um, I think a superior experience uh, than reading graphic novel like by hand. And that's one of the few times I will say that Um, because I I prefer physical book every time, but reading a graphic novel digitally is is great. I recommend these two. Go check them out. All right. I I, uh, leave it to Sarah to recommend a book. It's always a book. Of course it is. We, gotta read we need somebody who actually reads books to work at the library, you know. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe that's a fair point. <laughs> um, I will not recommend books because Mike doesn't read. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of movie picks also from Hoopla. Hoopla is really performing strong these days. I'm finding all kinds of good stuff on there. My first movie recommendation from Hoopla is 
1990 film called The King of New York. Uh, this is a, just an awesome early 90s crime movie. Uh, it's by the director Abel Ferrara, who is, I think, one of the really underrated like indie filmmaker uh, auteur types from New York City. Um, he's made just a ton of great movies. Uh, they're, they're always very gritty, uh, maybe a step beyond gritty to like just seedy. <laughs> he doesn't shy away from showing the underbelly uh, of, of the city and crime. And sometimes you feel uncomfortable and you like you got to take a shower after you watch one of his movies. Uh, this one is this one is is definitely one of those. Uh, it's it's really great. It's um, a great Christopher Walken performance where he plays a drug dealer who recently gets out of jail and is basically trying to wipe out his competition. Uh, but it has like a, a little bit of um, it has a little bit of like a Robin Hood kind of theme where he's not trying to wipe out the competition to enrich himself but but so that he can just cut out the middleman and be able to like donate money to good causes and things so it's um it's it's like a different take on that sort of thing it's also just a total like who's who of 90s actors that you might be seeing for the first time in this movie uh, Lawrence Fishburne incredible performance in here Wesley Snipes uh David Caruso and uh, even Steve Buscemi has a small part in there. And um, I think this might be the first movie I've seen a lot of those people in. Uh, it's really great. And um, another shout out for Hoopla. Usually when I, I've seen a lot of Abel Ferrara's movies and they always seem to have just terrible picture quality. Like they came off of like a VHS. But this one looks great on Hoopla. So shout out to them. It's becoming one of my favorite uh, streaming apps. So check out King of New York. Um, cool. I actually seen that one. I know that. You seen that one? It's yeah. A, it's, it's, as it's soon great. as you said Christopher uh, Walken, I, I, <laughs> that's the one I thought it was. It may be also the first instance of the great like Christopher Walken doing a bizarre dance sequence. Um, <laughs> it may be the first time that happened. Uh, so total recommend. Um, Another movie that you can catch on Hoopla that's awesome is 1987-horror-slash-thriller, The Stepfather. This movie rules, you guys. Um, <laughs> the best way I can describe it is like um, it's like a Lifetime Channel, sort of like domestic thriller, um, but like ten times more awesome. Just just an awesome vibe. The, uh, the the main actor is um, Terry O'Quinn, who also played a major role in the TV series Lost, which is another cult classic, which which I've never seen, but that certainly has a following. He is great in this movie as the title character, the stepfather, where it's I don't want to I, I don't want to do a spoiler, um, but it's just it's it's incredible. It's an incredible thriller. It's very unique. I haven't seen anything else quite like it. It's also a tremendous, like, fall movie. Like, my favorite season, fall. Like, when you just want to get out there and take a walk, see those leaves changing colors. Great vibe. Uh, it's It has a great, what I like to call, like, the real 80s look to it, 
Whereas most of the time when you see something that's very 80s stylized and you get all the like neon new wave colors and everything, but really it, it wasn't like that. Everything just kind of looked totally normal. <laughs> and this movie um, captures it. Check out The Stepfather. Great. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> you guys don't sound so enthusiastic about The Stepfather, <laughs> but I'm telling you. Uh, it's really, really good. Also, there's a, so, uh, not on Hoopla, but if you can find the sequel, Stepfather 2, that's not bad either. I like to say that um, Stepfather 2, it ain't your daddy's horror sequel. Oh, wait, actually it is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What about you, Marla? You got any picks for us? Yeah, I do. Um, So as a 90s kid, I don't have any books either. Um, Sarah is literally my go-to for reader's advisory at the library. Um, (laughs) So as a 90s kid, uh, no list would be complete without Pokemon, the first movie. Um, it was the best pokemon movie it was the first movie that is when we met mew which was like arguably the best pokemon um so oh my it's God, it's the part that all the pokemon are beating themselves up yeah because of the psychic abilities so good it's amazing and definitely a classic and it aged really well because, like, my kids still love Pokemon and they love this movie. And I go total, total nerd mom and, like, watch it with them. <laughs> so, yeah, I win brownie points with the kids with this movie. Um, then Phantom of the Opera, the 2004, when they made the musical into a movie again. But, you know, I saw this movie when it came out, um, and when I was looking at Hoopla the other day, like, I never realized that that was Gerard Butler as the Phantom. Did oh. you know that? Yeah. I did not know that. And, like, he plays an amazing Phantom. And, like, when I, like, I was like, that's Gerard Butler? I was like, I cannot picture, like, I can, obviously, because I've seen it, but, like, he's such a badass and like <laughs> whoa like I that's just such like a out of character role for him but he did it so good and like I just didn't realize that that was him and then um the girl is Emmy Rossum I don't even know if I'm saying her name Emmy Rossum um and if you guys I don't know if you guys watch Shameless but she's Fiona from Shameless, which is a really, really, really hit show on uh, Showtime, um, which is also a completely different role. Um, and she was really young there, but um, she like won a lot of awards for Phantom of the Opera, and I didn't know that was her either. And so when I saw that that was on Hoopla, I was like, I have to watch this again now that I know these actors in so many different roles. And just watch it again and just be like, oh, my God, it's Gerard Butler. (laughs) I did not Uh, know that. I know. I was, like, blown away. And it's such a good movie. And it's, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Like the fact that it was on a ho- ho- um, hoopla, like hoopla. Like I was looking through it and I was like, there's so many good movies on here. I was shocked. Like I feel like people are like, oh, it's like a library app. It's not gonna like have anything I'm looking for. I was like, dang, like they got this, they got that. I um, know. It's really, it's really getting good these days. Shout out. Yeah, to- there's a lot of stuff. Then there's Rubber. Have you guys ever seen the movie Rubber? Is this the one about the tire? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Rubber is a movie about a tire. (laughs) And it, like, becomes possessed somehow. um, And it just, like, kills people. And the entire movie follows this tire around. Like, the tire just rolls by itself and just rolls into, like, people's hotel rooms and, like, kills people in the hotel room and then rolls out and then, like, rolls down the street and then, like, goes somewhere else and then, like, kills this person. And then, like, it's just, like, probably, like, an hour and a half of following this tire around. Obviously, the tire doesn't talk or anything. Um, people talk to the tire, like, where the heck did this tire just come from? And then all of a sudden, they're just, like, dead. Um, (laughs) and it's, like, freaking amazing. And, like, it had a really big, like, cult following when it came out because it's just so bizarre. Um, and it's not, like, great, but, you know, it's, like, one of those things, like, you haven't seen Rubber? Like, what are you doing with your life? So <laughs> the fact that that was on, I saw that and I was like, why is this on here? <laughs> like, who put this on here? So go watch Rubber and Phantom of the Opera and Pokemon, the first movie, and Stepfather. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Why not? If you're ready, Marla, do you want to give us the Makerspace Minute? Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm going to have you guys help me a little bit with my Makerspace Minute. So I've been talking a lot about stencils and how I was waiting for spring so I could make a doormat with a stencil made with the Cricut. And it's time. I have bought a doormat. I am going to show everybody how to make a stencil to make their own doormat, but I need a witty saying for my doormat. And who else would have come up with witty sayings besides Mike and Sarah? Ah, um, I would I would like one that says, um, "Word to your mother." Word to your mother. <laughs> I don't think my mom would like that when she came over. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll I'll think about it. I'll have to work on that. (laughs) Not to put you on the spot. What do you got, Sarah? Um, you could write definitely not a trap door. Oh, that's adorable. All right, I like those. Thanks, guys. So Monday. The, what's the date Monday? I don't even know. 
Monday the 15th on Facebook Live at 7 o'clock Central Time. I'm going to show you guys how to make your own outdoor doormat with a Cricut stencil. All right. Awesome. Is that it for the minute? That's it. That's it. It was a minute. It was right. an actual minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for that minute. Um, next up, Retro Tech. Let's talk about some of our favorite tech things from the past. Uh, I don't know why, but lately I've been thinking about um, VHS tapes and uh, and how, how novel it was at the time. I'm showing my age here, but um, I remember like uh, when I was when I was very small, you know, video stores and renting VHS tapes was was like all the rage. And then a little bit later, uh, we started to see more VHS tapes being sold in stores and like shops popping up where they just sold VHS tapes and like how cool we all thought it was that like you could you could buy this movie you could own it you could play it whatever you wanted now like that was like a that was just a huge new thing at the time and uh, I feel like that's one of those things that we've kind of lost in this um you know, current state where you can just access almost any of these things anytime you want with streaming services and whatnot. Uh, there was something that like committing to buying a, a movie or even just renting the movie, like that commitment of you having to go and make that choice and like spend that money on it seemed to like, uh, I don't know, I don't want to sound corny, but like, I don't give you like a little bit more of like a deeper connection with, with that. A particular item and I kind of miss that you know I also just really miss like like how every do you guys remember when like every neighborhood had its own video store like its own like neighborhood mom and pop video store yes they were all like a little bit different and you know maybe kind of smelled funny um <laughs> but, like, with video games too Oh, the video games? Oh, yeah. my goodness. The new um, rap video games. That was the best. The video game part for me as a kid, that was, like, my version of, like, the, the Netflix browsing plan. You know how, like, these days you, you can spend, like, hours just browsing through what to watch without choosing something? I, I, I kid you not. Like, every Friday, like, after school, I would get to rent a video game, and I would spend hours in the neighborhood video store like trying to pick whichever like sega genesis cartridge i was gonna rent um <laughs> i would spend more time looking for the game than actually playing it um nothing worse too than when you when you made a bad choice <laughs> and that's what i was gonna be playing on the weekend with some game that just stunk <laughs> But those that was the days, man. You couldn't just, you know, flip over to the other streaming service and choose something else. You had to, you made your choice and you had to live with it. Can never go wrong with Paperboy. Ooh, Paperboy, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> also, the uh, the browsing those shelves at the video store and looking at those box covers, like, still informs like what I want to watch today. Is like we're just remembering those those box covers especially for like horror movies and things that like my parents wouldn't let me rent and I still remember just being like oh man I wonder what that movie's like and 
these days um, I'm trying to catch up on on all of that stuff. Most of the time it doesn't live up to <laughs> my memory of the box cover, but um, those things really made an impression. And so I just kind of miss it, you know? You know, my friend just bought a minivan, um, and it's so old that it still has a VHS player. And I didn't even know minivans ever came with VHS players. <laughs> yeah, and then and then they started coming with DVD players, and I guess now they just have, like, touchscreens in them. <laughs> um but that yeah, that was that was amazing when you'd be like, oh, you can have a movie in your car. <laughs> it's like the coolest thing ever. That's all I got on VHS. Cool. <laughs> Good old days. <laughs> it's riveting radio. Mike Mess's VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> that was good stuff. And then you gotta put the pet like oh no, that was a cassette tape. When you had to put the pencil in there when the, the mm-hmm. tape would come out of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, we started on cassette tapes. I, that's what I should have put in here. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the, uh, cassette tapes the magical... Are, are they? Cassette tapes? Cassette oh, they are. They sell them at uh, Urban Outfitters now. Oh, oh man. Geez. Is Teddy Ruxtable going to come back? <laughs> <laughs> I'll die. Ooh. That's great. Great 80s technology right there. The talking teddy bear. That's neither here nor there, but <laughs> somebody, somebody, somebody go next. Get us out of this VHS bit. Go for it, Sarah. Okay. My pick for uh, retro tech of the past that I miss are iPods. Now, I know they're not that retro, but they're not around anymore, really. And, um, I miss them. I miss the days when you just had uh, one device that did one thing and it did that one thing really well. You know, having, uh, I had an iPod mini that I got as a gift and it was my, like, went with me everywhere. I wasn't allowed to take it to school, um, but I still did anyway. (laughs) My mom was worried about it getting stolen, but I would, like, sneak it uh, under my hoodie and listen to it on the bus and stuff. And it was just like the the coolest thing ever. My my little iPod was green. And um, it had the full library of music that I wanted. And you could listen to any... It wasn't like carrying a CD player. Because I had a CD player too before that. And it wasn't like carrying a CD player where you were like stuck listening to one album. You could shuffle. You could shuffle. Remember when we first discovered shuffling? How great it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now the novelty of it is gone. You know, you have uh, music on your phone and streaming services and all that, but there was something special about having like a device where the music was yours. It was my iPod, my music, and I could listen to like the entire library of stuff that I liked uh, at any given time. And that was just so awesome to me. And I miss it. I miss that excitement that I had when uh, I was using my iPod. I am glad to hear that, Sarah. It's really true that even though that was digital, it still it still carried that feeling of ownership, um, that sort of like personal relationship with, with the music, you know? Um, I was not a big iPod person, but I was definitely a big iTunes uh, person, and I loved like 
you know, managing the library and editing the tags on the songs and everything. Um, it seems like with each new advance we make in these like streaming type services, it's like each time it gets a little bit more convenient, but a little less personal. Yeah. I think it's important to tell the younger audience too that iPods that Sarah's talking about weren't touch screen. No, Remember you oh, had to scroll the circle. <laughs> yes, oh, but you know what was lit? It what was so lit was listening to your iPod at night, like before bed, and playing um either solitaire or like the brick breaker with the scrolling thing. Do you guys remember this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not. I do not remember. Yeah, it came with like two or three really basic games, solitaire, and um, what? Yeah, I did not know that. It did, and so the like the best nights of sleep were the ones that I got, um, that I still can't match up. Uh, playing like Brick Breaker while listening to my iPod, just like my thumb scrolling <laughs> the the circle back and forth. I wasn't very good at it, but it was so much fun. That's funny. I never knew they came with games. My TI-83 calculator had games. Oh, the calculator. <laughs> That's getting closer to my era. <laughs> what about you, Myla? What's your retro tech memory? Well, this might be in your era, Mike. I, I was a kid for this, but I thought I was so cool because I had one. Um. <laughs> You guys remember Palm Pilots? I never used one. I remember them, but um, I, I never used. Was it's like it's like a it's like a they called them like a PDA, right? It was like a yeah PDA, like, like a, a personal assistant. device assistant. Yeah, planner device assistant, something something like that. Um, so Palm Pilots, they like fit in the palm of your hand, kind of like a cell phone, but you know those weren't around yet. Not palm sized <laughs> and basically they were like a planner but like a digital planner for your hand okay so like imagine your cell phone this is so like dumb now that I think about it <laughs> so like, <laughs> like imagine your cell phone okay like in your hand but it doesn't make calls and it doesn't send text messages and it doesn't connect to the internet um, it just has like a calendar and contacts. You can store all your contacts, like an address book with like their address and their phone number. You guys know how it works. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and like, it would tell you like what you're doing tomorrow at 2 PM and like everything that, you know, Google does for us now. Um, what else could you do with it? They had a couple, um, games. The biggest thing was that like, I think this is really the first time I ever used a stylus. I don't know if, like, this is where styluses became popular. Um, but, it like, they all had a stylus with them. And you would use a stylus, you know, because they weren't really touchscreen. Touchscreens weren't a thing yet, you know, in, like, 97. Mm-hmm. So it's it dumb now. <laughs> Imagine your cell phone, but it doesn't call. <laughs> 
doesn't connect to the internet, but it does everything else that like you do with your phone now. It, well, it doesn't take pictures either. It didn't have a camera. It was just like a calendar and like an address book, I guess. What I else mean, would you do with it? I think that's all I did with it. Take notes. <laughs> I think it's like it it was proven to be the right idea because that basically is what smartphones are. Nobody uses them to call people, but we do all of that other stuff. This is true. Millennials don't call anybody. (laughs) I will stare at my phone ringing, listen to my (laughs) ringtone, which ringtones aren't a thing anymore either. Um, (laughs) Right. Or or like ring back tones. Um, (laughs) And then I'm going to text you afterwards and be like, what's up? <laughs> Why'd you call me? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And not for nothing, but the Palm Company, it's its kind of amazing how much they, like, you know, predicted our current sort of smartphone situation. If, if you ever look at, like, videos of those Palm phones that came out, like, before the iPhone did, it's just, it's it's amazing how much the iPhone copied, like those Palm phones that, that were running the web OS. Like, I mean, iPhone just straight up copied it. <laughs> but for some reason, for some reason, like they didn't catch on. And, but um, it was it was the same thing. You should really like just check out some some YouTube videos of those like early Palm phones. It, it, it's kind of shocking. That's all, that's all fun stuff. Thanks, guys. I got some updates on some things that we've been talking about recently. Uh, did you guys see this study? You know, we were talking about uh, the weather uh, last time, Sarah's favorite subject, the weather and small talk in general. And uh, this amazing study came out, like, um, like not long after we did that episode. Real study from the National Academy of Sciences about uh, – conversations and do the conversations end when people want them to and they looked at this and determined that actually no conversations ever end when either person wants them to and I thought you might find that interesting Sarah I don't find it interesting because I know it and I live it every day uh, (laughs) that nobody wants to be talking about something inane I'm not going to get into it again but (laughs) because I can feel myself getting worked up about it I think in there today. Yeah, conversations don't end. They don't end, and we go on talking. And for some reason, social norms dictate that we do this, even though what we really need to do is look each other in the eye and be like, you know what? I'm done talking about this, or to you now. And there should be no problem with that. But no, you hurt people's feelings. I, oh, but it's totally rude because we've all decided collectively that that is rude. We yeah. can also equally decide collectively that, like, that's not rude. I'm just done with this conversation, and it was nice speaking to you, but can I turn around and look at my phone now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I think that this, this study can say what it wants, and I think Sarah secretly funded this study, but... Um, <laughs> I think that just the notion of like conversations and where they start and end, I think it might be the wrong way to look at it. I think that 
it's just part of like the human condition that there's always going to be like a little a bit of a negotiation on when these things start and stop just that it's just part of like being who we are and i think it's okay we just got to accept that just my two cents but what i'm saying is that i think i think we all have like an internal meter right i didn't read the study despite what mike says i did not fund or read or participate in the study <laughs> But we all have this internal clock and maybe it's different for everyone that says like, okay, I'm over this. Like, oh, this is done. And not in a rude way, just like I have nothing else to say and we've exhausted this topic. Maybe we should move on to another one or maybe we should stop talking. The problem is that we're not allowed to express when that internal meter has reached its max. We're not allowed to just like, say okay this is boring to me or uh this is exhausting i really don't like small talk let's not talk whatever happened to just like not talking you know i say as i rant (laughs) my life would be so much easier if i could just say listen this conversation's over now have a good day oh this is great um uh, another another update Say, Marla, regarding e-learning, um, did you see this story from uh, NPR about um, how some kids actually do better with e-learning than being in the classroom? And do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I didn't fund this. My kids <laughs> definitely did not participate in this. Um I I don't know. I think it's great for for kids. Okay, so I should say that um my um my my bonus child, my um my boyfriend's son, he's 15. He is a freshman in high school. Um he kind of chose, he had a choice in the beginning of the year to do hybrid or to do e-learning and he chose to just do remote learning. And like he's on the A honor roll, like he he gets it and he's got it and he is thriving. Now he this article talks about um, some kids have like ADHD and autism. Um, he doesn't, but like he just he just gets e learning and like I wouldn't have been able to do that in high school. I didn't really get online schooling until college when I took some online classes and I was like, oh, okay, like, I guess I can do this. Um, So good for him. Um, I was shocked. I was like, I didn't really like his decision at first. I was like, no, like, you should really think about going to school because like, it's more than just, you know, about education. It's about social, like, this is high school. Like, these are you know, not to sound cliche because they're not really the best, best years of your life, but you know, like these are years that you're always going to remember and they, they shape you in, you know, a way. So I wasn't really fond of it, but he's doing great. So he showed me. (laughs) Now my other children, no, forget it. There's, there's absolutely no way, um, that they would do better outside of school. Maybe if I was a stay-at-home mom um, and I could sit at the table with them and, like, rip my hair out and (laughs) 
scream at them. No, like, I don't know. Just not for my kids. I don't know. I honestly, they can't get into the Zoom portion of it. Like, they can sit there and watch a YouTube video for two hours, but they can't watch their teacher on Zoom for 10 minutes. But <laughs> they, they're loving the hybrid aspect, and they do their, like, remote assignments. Um, they don't have a problem doing their homework at home or anything. It was just when we were doing, like, the Zoom portions in the mornings and then going to school in the afternoon, like, that was that was horrible. So... Not for my kids, but I think that if they want to implement this going forward and that parents want to choose this, power to them. Like, why not? If it's better for their kids, they should have the freedom of the option to be able to do this. That's the glory of public education. It's a, I feel like, I mean, I, I'm not qualified to speak on this because I don't don't have kids and I'm not personally dealing with it, but I feel like it it is a bit of a tough question because like, I feel like I would have, if I had the opportunity back then to do it at home versus being at school, I probably would have loved to not have to go to school to like, to be able to sort of opt out of like the sort of social pressures and so forth of the school environment. But then again, as much as I would like that on the other hand, I don't know what the benefit of sort of being forced to 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 go into the school and deal with all of that. I don't know what the what the benefit of that is. I mean, you guys you guys know me, you work with me, you know I'm awkward as hell, but would I be even more so if I wasn't forced to like have that level of socialization? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know like do you know any homeschooled kids? I don't know. Like, is there, I don't know any homeschooled kids. Are homeschooled kids, like, different socially? I don't know. Like, I feel like it would be similar to that, maybe. I wonder if, like, because I, I feel the same way as you do, Mike. I would have loved to just do four years of high school from my bedroom. <laughs> I would have <laughs> loved that. But um, I wonder if, like, maybe... Because the the socialization of high school is a very specific kind of socialization that's not for everyone. And, and what they don't tell you is that there are other ways to socialize. Um, so if you did a sort of at-home e-learning situation in conjunction with, like, uh, socializing through activities that you actually enjoy instead of, you know, getting embarrassed during gym class. Um, or, you know, getting picked last and all that stuff where there isn't this like hierarchy and everyone is on an even playing field. I think that would be more beneficial than because a lot of people come out of high school traumatized from that, from the social experience. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, they would have to find some way to, I mean, like now we have, like, school's so different than when we were there. So, at, like, in, when my son was in second grade, Illinois started implementing um, social cognitive, oh, boy, what was it called? Something about, like, honestly, like, it was a class about, like, like manners. And, like, it was more than that. But it was, like, how to, like, 
like oh like hold the door for your friends like make sure that like everybody gets in like um walking in the halls like we're all quiet like waiting in line like how do we act when we're waiting in line like how do we act when we're doing this like how do we respond to people when they hurt our feelings like how do we respond so we don't hurt people's feelings and i think it's great they're doing that but like it kind of hit me that like the reason that we're having a lot of this education is because these kids aren't getting it at home so like if they're not socialized, like there's a lot of kids who like could stay at home and educate, but a lot of those kids don't really like have the homes that we have either. And like mm. school is their their good socialization, even if they sometimes get embarrassed in gym class, it's like better than the alternative. Yeah, that's Sounds a good like point. Maybe, uh... It's just a, a, not a, like with anything, it's not a one-size-fits-all situation. No, but I definitely think that um, as much as I hate, 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 hate e-learning, um, I do say that with passion. Um, I, I think that if it works better for parents, yeah, I think that they should, I mean, I think they should have the option. If, if kids like it better, um, one of the employees at our at our job, their, their child loves learning they like it so much better so they just they had the option to go back to school and they chose not to and that's great if they're doing better then they should have the choice to like continue doing that I think that we've seen now that COVID has kind of shown us so much flexibility it's shown us that internet is a utility um you know, it's shown us how flexible working at home can be, how flexible schooling at home can be, all this stuff. That is great. That is, that's, you know what, guys? That was such a great take to end this episode on. I think we should probably <laughs> stop right there. Um, because if that speaks to a larger point about one of the promises of technology one of the great potentials is how it could make it easier to tailor things to the individual. And it's hard to see how that is a bad thing. So that's a very hopeful take, Marla. I could go for hours. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, wait, but I'm going to do one thing. Sarah, we're going to have you do a verbal meme. Hang on one second. I'm I'm going to, in real time, post a meme for you and I want you to describe it to us and hopefully you'll find it amusing. Uh, Give me one second. This is bad radio. I'm going to put it in our document. All right. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. Here it comes. Uh Uh-oh. It's from Reddit. (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh man, I love it. Okay, okay, let's do this, let's do this, folks. So it's a tweet. This is a tweet um, with an image attached, and the text of the tweet says "Flavortown" forward slash forward slash Flavortown spelled in the British way <laughs> with a U 
<laughs> and then it's a picture of Guy Fieri <laughs> next to a picture of Paul Hollywood. Uh, oh, I thought that was great. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's, just, it's so accurate. It's it's a it's so it's accurate. A perfect perfect meme. Um. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a real person, so I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they just like made him up. No, <laughs> he's oh, a the British guy Fieri. Yeah. Oh, is guys... he like a British chef? Yeah, he's a British. Oh, like... that was way funnier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gotta you, we gotta get Marla on this whole British baking show thing. Well, I don't think that we're going to top that, so we'll sign off here. Uh, thanks again to everybody for tuning in, and until next week, Sarah. Keep it spicy, folks. Keep it spicy, indeed. And Marla. Oh. Oh, I was trying to find something real quick. I wasn't ready. That's all, folks. She took my folks, and then I was like caught off guard, and then ah, it's all redundant. My bad. It's all good. (laughs) I like it. The the tables were turned. Uh, (laughs) So we'll see everybody next time. Until then, word to your mother. (laughs) 